Hello and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Womax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. And we're there, we're almost at the end of season two. We are up to episode 22, and that is F Emasculata. Is that correct? Uh, it is, yes. yes. F Emasculata. So is this a big one in the legacy? Um, I, I, I think... I think it's probably around the middle ground, given the way people talk about it. I, I, my introduction for this would pretty much be the same as what my introduction was for the Kalshari, quite frankly. Uh, it, it, although this is one that I've always liked. Um, I, I've always liked this episode for some reason. I'm sure as we talk about it, all the flaws will come spewing out. <laughs> Um, but uh, no, I've I've always liked this episode. It kind of, it's, it's like I said last time. It's kind of like Outbreak, but forty-five mm. minutes worth of television, and it's it's pretty action-packed. It zips along, pretty fast. Uh, yeah, it's directed by Rob Bowman, and you can see certainly on the basis of this episode why they gave him the movie. Regardless of what you think of the script, uh, this this episode is shot really really well. I think uh, yeah, just just like a, an action movie. So. Okay, so let's just jump right into the opening scene. Okay, so we're we're out in Guatemala, and a doctor who's working on a biodiversity project uh, is is basically stumbling around the place looking for stuff. He comes across this boar with all these pus kind of mm. moles all over it um, that are pulsating, which is really is the first sign to back the hell away from it. But no, he goes yes. he goes digging, starts pressing things, and it basically spits in his face. Squirts, mm. I think is a better word. Squirts in his face. Uh, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, and rather than that being something that tells him, no, enough's enough, he just yeah, he carries on digging, pulls something out. Um, and then, yeah, a few moments later, we cut to later on in the day, a bunch of soldiers, Guatemalan soldiers, trekking through the woods, come across him, and he just looks a mess. He's dead, but his face looks half-eaten away. He, yeah, he's done mm. in. So. Yeah, pretty good opening. Um, I like the ominous music that's all the way through the start of this. It's, it's quite uh, interesting. I, I just don't understand why the guy's there alone, Um like no research assistants or co-workers or guides mm. or anything. He, the guy's just wandering through the desert, uh, desert, the forest himself. Meta, metaphorical desert. Um, <laughs> 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 um, the makeup for the pustules is awesome. It is. It's just I, I, oh, that, when I saw it, when I saw all stuff, I thought, oh, this must be a Kim Manners episode because he usually does all the disgusting stuff. But uh, mm. no, Rob Bowman. Uh, yeah, it is. It's it's icky, it's yucky. It, a word like puss springs to mind, which is never a mm. good thing. Um, yeah, good good stuff on the makeup job. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and, and seeing it just splatter in somebody's face just makes you go oh. oh <laughs> especially when it hits the lip. It always hits the lip, doesn't it? It's like 
I can yeah. kind of cope with the eye. I, I can't cope with when it hits the lip. You can almost it's, feel it's, it and you want to wipe it from the mouth. You know, like the, the, the pustules uh, throbbing. Oh. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so people tend to, like, when this happens, they, they seem to go close and open their mouth just that little bit oh. too far, you know, and you're like, oh, God, I know where this is going and I don't want to see it. Seriously makes me want to vomit. Okay, so <laughs> we get past the opening titles and we're inside a prison. And this, mm-hmm. this, I don't know where they filmed this or whether it's a set or whether they've gone into actual prison, but this exact location will pop up in several more X Files episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, as different prisons, I might add. But yeah, they're in, so they're in this prison and this security guard passes a package to one of the inmates. Uh, the, mm. the inmate opens it and it, it looks like the leg off a, uh, off a wild pig or something. Yeah, um, yeah. Probably the same wild pig that that scientist guy was faffing about mm. with at the beginning. But, yeah, it, it's... So, so what kind of screening process do they have in this prison? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, clearly, this guy's been paid off. Um, I, I think there's certainly a sense that everything isn't quite kosher in this prison to begin with, because the the guy, yeah, he starts shouting back at the security guard, like, "What? What is this crap you're trying to pull now?" And so you kind of get the sense that maybe the guards there aren't fully on the level and could maybe. Maybe be easily bribed by a, a pharmaceutical company who's willing to put a, a few thou in their bank account or whatever. But um, yeah, uh, it does. It, get, it gets past security surprisingly well. Um, hmm. But I'm just assuming payoffs are in order. So yeah, he opens it. It's a leg of lamb, whatever the hell it is, and it has these these same kind of pulsating whatever Yuckies. the hell you call him. <laughs> and he gets squirted with it. Uh, a few hours later, people have kind of testing on him. They've got him all kind of locked in a plastic case. They're all wearing hazmat suits. And a bunch of other prison inmates go to clean out his cell. They've been put on clean-up duty, and they kind of they talk to each other, and they make reference to the fact that most of the prisoners prisoners have kind of been evacuated. Some of them have even died, and this might be the perfect opportunity to use the laundry chute. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and these two guys, I, I thought they were just going to be throwaway characters. I didn't realise they were going to be through the full episode, <laughs> so I wasn't paying too much attention. They just seemed a bit doofus-like mm. at the start. Yeah, they definitely got a little bit more fleshed out, a little bit more menacing later on. But just now, they just seemed almost like comic relief. Mm. What do you think of the pacing? Because we we did this intro. Yeah, yeah. This this is one of these episodes that just constantly moving. Mm. It goes really fast. It doesn't it doesn't wear out. And even with the camera as well, it's not it's not just the scenes that are moving. It doesn't zip from scene to scene, but Bowman keeps that camera moving. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really like. Again, it just makes everything feel a bit more action-orientated. Um, 
So yeah, so we go straight from there. We cut from them talking about the laundry suit to Mulder and Scully arriving, uh, supposedly called in to investigate uh, these escaped convicts uh, who are now on the run. Uh, A federal marshal gets there. This is the kind of douchebag cop of the week that we typically get. He arrives there like gangbusters, kind of uh, chewing Mulder and Scully out. Basically, clearly doesn't want Mulder and Scully there, doesn't want the FBI there. As far as he's concerned, this is a case for the federal marshals. Um, but Mulder's, Mulder and Scully kind of stand the ground. They do a lot of that in this episode, actually. Um, mm. Stand the ground, kind of Mulder, Mulder goes with the federal marshals, tells Scully to stay behind and investigate mm. what was going on with the clean-up because they, they, they see a couple of hazmats. Uh, Mulder's like, check on them, find out what's going on with these guys. So, mm. um, I mean, the, the, the marshal is Dean Norris, who mm. is in... Breaking Bad, but most notably from our Brits and Flicks episode, Total Recall. Yes. He is in there. <laughs> yes. Um, he was the guy whose wife was with, uh, was it? Oh, no, that was... Um, the, the, the kind of thing over his That's the one, yes, yes, that's it. Got you. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yep, so, so we jump from there, to, and, and this is um, this is where the episode can can uh, survive or demise, depending on how you look at it, because they split up Mulder and Scully for the, yes. the remainder. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, I, I, and, and, I, and I will say, this is a part, for me this would normally break an episode, but for for me it seems as if it's a rather wise decision because you have both of these uh, agents tackling their strengths. You have a medical yes. issue at the prison. Took, took the that. words out of my mouth. I was I was just going to say that they, they have them playing to the strengths. Uh, yeah. They give they give Scully something to do. Basically, usually when they split them up and it doesn't work, it's because the the thing they give Scully to do just isn't quite as exciting as what they give Mulder to do. So you kind of feel like she's been shortchanged. Whereas mm. here, she's in the thick of it. Um, you know, she's she's uncovering. Really, the actual plot. She's she's fine. She's the one who finds out exactly mm-hmm. what is going on. Whereas Mulder is just chasing down these guys. Um, it's Scully who's feeding him all the information. So yeah, it's 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 good. It's it's a good example of what to do with them when you split them up. So yes. So the the prisoners now on the run steal a mobile home, uh, but not before. Mm-hmm. Well, basically killing the guy who, whose home it is, uh, leaving his wife and children kind of running after the mobile home, thinking that their husband, spouse and uh, father has, has basically ditched them and run off. Um, but it's a, it's a nice choice to have them kill the guy because, like I said at the start, I felt as if they were comic relief. Mm. Now that they've killed this person, they're an instant threat yeah. and they are somebody that you want to see the, the, the good guys stop. Yeah. So, so, so they put some weight behind that scene as well. Absolutely, yeah. So Scully gets past Dr Osborne, who tells her about the infection. So, yeah, this, this guy, Dr Osborne, who I know most recently, actually, cause from what I watched, from uh, John Carpenter's Starman, uh, but th- this is a guy who I saw a lot during the yeah, 80s. And- Untouchables? Yes, yes, he's in The Untouchables as well. Uh, I got a feeling he was in Flight of the Navigator. I could be wrong on that one, though. 
But he was in a lot of those kind of 80s sci-fi type Spielbergian kind of movies. Um, mm. But yeah, so he pops up as this doctor, Dr. Osborne, who, who kind of tells Scully to, to mind her own business and, and get going, but she's having none of it. Once again, like I say, stands aground, kind of talks him into coming out and, and chatting with her, and he tells her about the infection in the prison. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, apparently an infection has broken out. But uh, <laughs> So Scully phones Mulder, tells him that the men are in danger... Um, due to infection, uh, but Mulder says that they're a danger regardless of the infection, having killed the man who owned the mobile home. So, uh, hmm. yeah, and that's when we see the body and realise just how much of a threat these guys are. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> they, they are deadly and they have a mullet. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a double attack. Yeah, okay, so... Back to Scully, and we get a really pity doctor. So Os- Osborne is kind of the good cop, and now we get bad cop. Um, yeah, this, this guy is a full-on douchebag, comes out, tells Scully in no uncertain terms that she's not wanted, get lost. But once again, she stands her ground, says, look, I'm an FBI agent, this is a federal matter, I belong here, plus, you know, I'm a medical doctor, let me look at the bodies. Um, and he kind of tries to dismiss her just by saying, you see what I want you to see, but basically he's got no control. Um, So, uh, yeah, she kind of walks off with them, kind of part of the group, but not. Um, What do you you think of Scully standing aground there? I like it. It's it's not the the first or last instance we'll see this, um, but I really do like it when they they refuse to buckle under the bureaucracy that, that seems to be there. I do find it strange that never once asked for any kind of ID of any of the guys and none of the people are wearing anything that says CDC on it or have identifying like name badges. <laughs> you know, which... Yes. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't really matter, mm. but you, you kind of think they would look for that kind of protocol. Like, yeah, you know, g- g- given that Scully is an FBI agent and a medical doctor, you, you'd think she'd mm. be, uh, yeah, clued in on that, but... I guess uh, I guess even someone as sharp as Scully can just jump to conclusions. So, mm. um, so Paul, as we have now learned that he's called uh, the basically one of the the cons, one of the the guys who's on the run, mm. um, the, the one who's going to last throughout most of the episode. Basically, uh, he calls his ex um, and tells her that he's coming. And mm. it was at this point I kind of got flashbacks to the first season episode, Lazarus, uh, with the, you remember the the guy who swaps bodies with a cop mm. who's after him and, and he's, yeah, goes back to his ex, but his ex betrays him. And mm. for some reason when I watch this episode, I always get that one kind of in my mind. And I always think that this woman is going to double cross him, uh, which she kind of does, but not out of any mean spiritedness. Um, but yeah, so he... he he tells her that she that he's coming. Um, so. Yeah, and she's rather excited. Yes, yeah, seems seems yeah. that way. Um, My escaped convicts coming home. <laughs> <laughs> You're out, yeah. Come and meet your child. Hmm. Okay, um, so one of the inmates, not Paul, is infected, um, and 
He's on a services bathroom floor. So obviously while Paul was making the call, this dude was on a services bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and a guy comes in, uh, basically an attendant, service attendant, yeah. sees this dude lying on the floor, goes to help him. But Paul comes in and basically, for his trouble, whacks him across the face with a wrench, I think it is, or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, no good, no good deed goes no. unpunished. <laughs> yeah. So Scully finds the bodies of the inmates uh, down mm. in uh, basically near the furnace. Looks like they're about to get burnt or whatever. Um, she starts to check them, but uh, Doctor Osborne comes in and kind of pushes her away. It's like, what are you doing? Get away from him! And as he starts to cover the body back up. He gets pussed oh, yeah. in the face, yes. right on the uh, mouth, on the tongue, nose, yeah, it's in his eyes. eyes. His nose. Oh, it's, it is everywhere. There's no chance this dude is not infected. Put it that way. Okay, um, this I, I've got a major problem here. Okay. Okay. So Scully's like a trained medical person. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows that these are, or she thinks that these are CDC. Yeah. These bodies are being burnt, and they are like contained in heavy thick plastic for a reason <laughs> and she just haphazardly without anything just bursts it open yeah she's hard as nails yeah yeah and she kills this guy <laughs> she does basically she's she's responsible for this this guy's death yeah um, and for no reason other than curiosity i mean it could have been easily her of course it's not going to be because she's a lead but mm-hmm. it, it could have been so she opens this highly contagious dead body <laughs> then infects somebody else yeah pretty much um yeah yeah, yeah. i mean she's not anybody's friend a at fan. this point yeah i'm a scully fan and even this was just like oh mm. what is she thinking yeah but uh, to, to, to be quite honest, it's I, I can t- I turn that rat around and say it's this guy's fault for not keeping her in the loop to begin with. So um, they, they gave. Does he have to die, Brian? What? You're saying he deserves to I, die. I'm saying they gave her no choice but to to snoop around. Um, you know, she wants to know the truth. They're leaving her hanging outside the door. The only way she's going to get to know the truth is to investigate. She doesn't have a hazmat suit. She can't get one because they've not given her one. So. Yeah, she's going to go snooping because um, she needs to know the truth. So if, tell if, me this, Brian. They've, they've got a furnace there, right? And they've got all these bodies piled up. Why are they just not <laughs> get them in the furnace? <laughs> they're, they're too busy bringing other bodies downstairs, trying to shift all the evidence down to the one room. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's no defence. Well, tell me this then. This, this guy's like a, a, one of the main doctors studying the people who are infected. Why is he just wandering about the furnace room? <laughs> Shall we move on to the next scene? Yes, better. Okay, so uh, that next scene is, yes, Mulder and the federal marshals arrive at the services like gangbusters once again. Mm. Um, it's one of those quiet moments which is suddenly broken by speeding cars and, you know, everyone rushing on the scene, kind of pulling guns and pushing down doors and... Going freeze, Brian. freeze, and so <laughs> And in as many movies as I've, I've seen, I don't think I've ever seen anybody like arrive to a, a barn scene with like handguns hanging out the window with nobody. You know, did you notice that? <laughs> I just, they're, 
Like all the cops, every cop car had somebody hanging out the window with a handgun. <laughs> and I just thought, that's that's crazy. It just it just looked odd. Uh, th- these guys seriously think they're the untouchables. They're just you know they think I think they think they're a bunch of rambos. Yeah, just, they they do. They, I mean they're they're trigger happy. Yeah. I mean like we, we we can tell that from the end, but um Yeah. yeah. They're rocking out with their Glocks out. They are rocking out with their Glocks out. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so they, they get there, and despite all their kind of ramboing and their glocking, they uh, they get there a bit late. The, the two two men are gone, um, and well, what, one of them's died actually. I think one of them's died in the. Ba- did, did they say that one died? No, 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 no. no. He goes. He goes to the. the oh, the oh yes, yes. Sorry, yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll get there no, when we get there, Brian. Um, hang on, hang on, Brian. Brian, this on. is one of my. One of my favourite lines in the entire episode, right? <laughs> they find the guy in the bathrooms, and he's mm-hmm. he's not dead, mm-hmm. um, but he's unconscious. And um, I can't remember who says it, but somebody says, "Kid's got a lot of hair, probably softened the blow." Yes, that was Mulder. That was Mulder. <laughs> and I don't know if he's been funny or what, but obviously like, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's because it was his response, wasn't it, to something somebody else said. Um, I think it's Mulder's way of saying, look, the, these these guys didn't go easy on this bloke. Mm. If it wasn't for the fact that he does have a lot of hair, he'd be dead right now. Um, I, I think it's Mulder's way of saying, these guys mean business. We, we seriously need to get them. No, no dicking about. Um, mm. So, yeah. Uh, Mulder traces a call that was made from the telephone box just across the way just as a chopper bursts onto the scene with hazmats who all jump out and whisk off with the attendant in a big plastic coffin uh yeah and disappear um so the federal marshal kind of quizzes Mulder on it Mulder's like nope nothing to do with me mate um so yeah they're, they're both in the dark on that one um but but Mulder's mm. traced a call anyway. He thinks it will most likely be to the partner or ex-partner of one of the convicts. Mm. So that's yeah. where they go. Mulder detecting, yeah, again? Yes, Mulder mm. detecting. Very good stuff. Uh, Mulder mm. tends to do his best detective work when he's placed alongside generic cop of the week. Yes. Yes. Okay, so... Paul arrives at his ex's house with a very ill-looking partner. Um, his 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 ex doesn't seem best pleased that he's dragged in there, but yeah, they they get him inside the house. Scully, yeah. anything to say on that? It's just kind of a yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bridge scene good. really, isn't it? It's just okay. So Scully finds the parcel that was sent to the inmate and traces the postage back to pink pharmaceuticals then she finds a cockroach in one of the wounds on the bodies lovely so yeah Mm. Mm -hmm. still gone back to the bodies i see yes Um, she's got a trusty mask now though that's yes (laughs) that's that's one thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's one thing, but she's back digging about in these things. You know, as if the, the thing bursting in the guy's face wasn't mm-hmm. bad enough. Yeah, she's she's down there herself looking for some pussed action. Mm. <laughs> pussed action. Ooh, nice. <laughs> um, gotta say, the envelope though surely would have been the the easiest piece of evidence to destroy. 
Surely yes. that could have gone in the furnace straight away. I mean, that, mm. that would have been the, the, the one thing to zone in on, wouldn't it? It's like, mm. oh, is that the envelope? That's the envelope we sent, isn't it? With the, with the pig's leg in. Chuck that in the furnace, straight off. Go on, straight off, boom, get it in there, crack in. Job's done. Uh, okay. No, they've just left it lying around in the yeah. room yeah. full of evidence. Okay. I think it had a tag on it that said evidence as well when they walked in. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> with neon lights. Uh, okay, so Paul's girlfriend gets pussed in the face oh, before gangbusters she... arrive. But she reacts how everybody else would react. Yes. Reacting yes off. She's, she does. She's practically got the bit of soap in her mouth. She's mm. she's, eat, she's eating it. She's practically eating yeah. that soap. Yeah. But she's, yeah. I just I love that reaction though. She gives a great reaction. And she's barely had time to clean her face when all the gangbusters come busting down the door and uh, sticking guns in her face and stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, li- I like her performance throughout, actually. The, the few few little scenes she gets, she's she's really good. So. Yeah, she's solid. Mm. Okay, um, and, and again, just the pace, man. The pace of this episode, the direction from Bowman. Say what you want about the script on this. I think his direction hides a lot of deficiencies. It must be said. Um, mm. Just the way, like he he directs it like an action movie. He's he's looked at this script and he's thought, you know what? Let's keep this moving. Keep it action oriented. Just yeah, keep it zipping along. Pace keeps going. I love it. Um, so Osborne goes to Scully, and he tells her about the dude who disappeared. So this is the, mm. the dude at the beginning of the episode in the rainforest. Yep. One one of the species that he found in the rainforest was F. Emasculata, and the company that he works for, i.e., Pink Pharmaceuticals are interested in its medicinal applications, but Scully may be infected. So because because the the thing that pussed on him earlier on, Scully mm. was stood right next to him, she could just have easily have been infected. So now she has to be tested. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we, we go from there to... I, I mean, do you believe for a second Scully may be infected? No. <laughs> I, I must confess, um, I had a. I mean, I, I'd forgotten how this episode completely played out. I remember the very ending, but I couldn't mm. quite remember what went on with Scully. And I had a horrible, horrible feeling this was going to be one of those episodes where she not only gets infected at the halfway mark, but by the end of it, her research somehow manages to help someone come up with a cure, or she comes up with a cure. And I just, I was the like, Dodd-Cam effect. Oh, yeah, the Dodd-Cam effect. And I was just like, no, 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 no. It's too soon. It's too soon after Dodd-Cam to be doing that crap. So please, please do not go there. Thankfully, mm. they don't. So, uh, But yeah, for a moment there, I was worried. Um, but uh, Mulder goes to Skinner's office, and this is, this is a really nice scene, really love this scene. Um, goes to Skinner's office... Has a chat with Cancer Man, who's just you know chilling out in Skinner's yeah. office, sat there. It's, minding it's his been own a while. Office. Yeah, yeah, it has been a while. It's been uh, was it was it? I mean, it was one breath the last chat, last time we saw him. Yeah, I think it, it was, been, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, blimey, good grief. Okay, so yeah, Cancer Man just sat there minding his own. Wants to know 
Sorry, Mulder wants to know why they weren't told the truth and says that people have a right to know. Cancerman justifies himself by saying that panic only makes things worse. Um, and this is kind of the theme of the episode, uh, which mm. from here on out, I will confess, if, if I have maybe one misgiving about it, it is that this theme is now, from, from here on out, hammered home. Um, but again, like I say, because of the pacing of the episode, it, it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel too jarring. So I'm I'm not that bothered, but, um, yeah, I, I like, I like this scene because cancer man is kind of justified. He, you know, in, in keeping things secret sometimes, yeah, stopping panic is a justification, but you know that he's, using that as a justification to hide his his lies his mm. you know just just the way he does things um so yeah uh whereas in just a moment we're going to get the exact same rationale from scully except from scully you get the sense that there is the gen the motive is real basically mm. so cancer man and scully give us the exact same motive yeah, it's all about where is this motive actually coming from? One of them is being used to hide even more lies, um, whereas one, on Scully's part, is a genuine desire to not create mass panic. Um, mm. So, yeah. and that... And just, just that next scene that you're talking about, just there's, there's a small moment that I really like in this when Mulder wrestles with the seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. Mulder goes to his car, has trouble with his seatbelt, which is just, it's a really nice moment. It's not, it's, it's such, these are moments that directors, I, I don't know if it comes from the director or the actor, but when, when actor and director are working in simpatico with each other, when they're on the same page and, and magic starts to happen, you get nice little character moments like this, which don't need to be there you know he could could have just got in his car the phone could have gone off but it shows us that frustration it's like Mulder's gone yeah. to his car he could have just slammed the door but he does that thing that we all do we've all done it we've yeah. all got into it's shorthand it, yeah it's shorthand. it is how many times have we wrestled against a safety device that will not buckle exactly. but we somehow think that we're going to get superhuman strength and yank it out yes it's like <laughs> inanimate objects that just are designed to yeah get our back up against the wall but it's, it's a really nice moment um it's funny but it also yeah says a lot about what's going on with Mulder. it pushes in his frame of mind mm, absolutely does because we've all did that and we've all done it through frustration and anger mm, yeah you know straight away it's great definitely so Mulder gets the call from scully who tells him about the cover-up from pink pharmaceuticals then Mulder has a conversation with Scully that mirrors the one he just had with Cancer Man. Um, and, and this is when I just wrote, some people search for the truth, some people hide behind it. So, yeah, so, the, so they're, they're using that reasoning of not telling people, um, even though one person, is do, one person is doing it for the truth, another person is doing it to hide it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then uh, we just move on to the test next, Brian, isn't it? Yeah, so Osborne starts running a test on Scully, and this, this, is, this is my biggest kind of 
nah, with the episode. He starts running this test and he says it's going to take a few hours to, to kind of get results and stuff. Though, to be honest, it probably would have been faster to just wait for the onset of the symptoms, given how fast yeah. it seemed to take hold of Osborne. Like, literally, he, he got pussed in the face, ran off, and then the next mm-hmm. scene when he came back, it's like, I'm infected. Yeah. Surely if Scully was infected, taking this test isn't going to make a blind bit of difference. No, it... it, it, it... <laughs> The first thing I thought about when I seen this was the, the testing the thing. You know when they're all tied to the couch, mm-hmm. Kurt Russell's got the whole bit of wire and he's putting yes. it in the blood. It's immediate results. You don't know who's infected. It mm-hmm. could be anybody. It's exciting and there is instant weight behind it. This one, they're only testing Scully, who we know. There's ten minutes left in the episode. There's no way she's infected. <laughs> um, and we have to wait two and a half hours to find out this information that we mm-hmm. know right now. Yeah. And then it's just you're just like right, okay. It's it's literally just to give her something to do from this point on. When they literally could have said, at this point, you know, you you were stood there when I got pussed. At this point, if you were infected, we would have seen the onset of symptoms. Boom, there you go. She ain't infected. So this whole testing malarkey, not not really buying it. It's it's there to waste a bit more time. Give Scully something mm. to do look down a microscope for a bit. Um, but, yeah, yeah, there you go. So Mulder speaks to Elizabeth, who is the ex, Paul's ex, uh, has a nice little scene with her in what looks like... Um, Hannibal Lecter's cell. Yes, I was going to say the dude from Skyfall, um, Silver. But, uh, but, yeah, Hannibal Lecter is equally just as just as relevant here. Um yeah, so she's in this plastic kind of magneto cell um, and basically Mulder's got to try and talk her into just being rational, really. Hmm. Look, your ex is, is done for. You know it, I know it, but how many people are you going to let him take with him when he goes? Uh, tell us where he's going, you know? Um, and she does. Uh, but I, I like that. I like the scene. I like the the performance between her and, and Duchovny. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. good. Okay. So, Federal Marshal is just about to call down an invasion on Paul's possible location, but Mulder stops him and says, at this point, they need control, not panic. So, this is an interesting turn, mm. because Mulder is actually now on... He's learning. Yeah, he's 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 on, he's on side. He's you know um, not not because of what Cancer Man said, but probably more because of what Scully has said. Um, she's the voice of reason. She gives reason to to even Cancer Man's kind of bollocks, basically. Um, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, I like it. I like that Mulder's listening. Um, it's cool. Um, but but it, but it, it is it is that whole question that's that this is the question that the episode is really asking when is it when is it, when is it okay to go public and when is it okay to not go public Oft, often it is of equal importance to do either i mean and i think as well when you look at um 
oh, what's the name of that that guy who was it, he, he owned the WikiLeaks site? He made oh, Asandi. Asan, yeah, that's that guy. Um, they made a film about him with Benedict Cumberbatch, didn't they? And yeah. Asand. Asand, Julian Assange. Yeah, Julian Assange. Yeah, so there's that whole question with about what he did, isn't there? About where's mm. where's the the ethics of what he did? Is it you know, is it in the public interest or is it just interesting to the public? And if so, is it going to cause more problems than it creates? So, mm. you know, this this episode was was asking that question a long time before he came on the scene. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, okay, so Paul is already at the bus station with crowds of people all around him. Um, and then we jump back to Scully, who's with Osborne. Osborne collapses. Tell Scully people have a right to know. Um, says that when, so it's basically, when, yeah, when should information be let out? When should it be kept secret? Which we just said. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he 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 basically owns up. He confesses to Scully that they are Pink Pharmaceuticals. It is the company that's responsible. Um, unfortunately, she ain't going to get any of this on record because he's he's about to keel over and die. So mm. he tells her, look. The, the only bit of evidence you've got, essentially, is, is the virus, which is about to be destroyed. You've got, you've got yeah. to do, do something. You've got to do something to, to get the truth out there. Um, so Scully, Scully finishes testing herself. And shock horror! She doesn't have it. So, okay. Um, dodge that bullet. Mm-hmm. So when she goes to tell Osborne that she's all clear, his body has already been taken away. So fast movers, these people. So, ninjas. <laughs> ninjas. So some women, or some woman, I should say, lets her kid onto a bus. Uh, this feels strange. I mean, I hope this kid's not going to come into play later on. Why, yeah, why are we spending yeah, as much like time with this foreshadowing, kid? Foreshadowing, isn't it? It just feels yeah. like... Feels like an awful lot of foreshadowing. Why is it's, why are we spending two minutes seeing this mum say goodbye to her kid? Have a good time. It's all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can smell a hostage situation just around the corner. Yeah. Um, so Scully finds the douchebag doctor burning evidence. She tells him that she knows what they've done and that they're not with the CDC. He tells her to go away, and she has nothing but her word. Um, to which, at which point, I'm like, surely she's still got her gun. She's an she's an FBI agent. agent. She's a federal agent. They've not re- you're not taken a gun from her. They don't have that power. Um, surely, the best thing to do right now would be to pull her gun, tell every one of those dudes to back up against the wall and call for someone call for the actual cdc call for backup from the fbi and if one of these guys makes a move on her shoot them in the leg or just shoot them for crying out loud um because yeah they, they are disposing of evidence there which will clearly destroy a pharmaceutical company um, they certainly destroy their reputation at any rate. Um, mm. So, yeah, that is her evidence, and she she essentially just lets them do it. She 
She doesn't put up enough of a fight for my liking there. Uh, if I was Scully, I would pull the gun and I would I would have these guys. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Mulder gets to the bus station with the marshals. Scully calls, tells him that unless he, he gets a statement from Paul, they've got nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they've got nothing. So they've got nothing, yeah. yeah. I mean, you already know what's going to happen to this guy, don't you? You just know it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Mulder gets on the bus, but somebody just gets a little bit trigger-happy, shoots Paul from outside as Hazmat's arrive, which leads you to believe that, once again, because the, farm, because the Hazmat team was already on scene, maybe, just maybe, somebody was paid off there to just shoot this guy. Uh, yeah, no, no. Paul in his in his final moments looked disgusting, right? Oh, he does. That big it? massive pus- it's all close up in his mouth and it's mm. like thick foamy yeah. saliva yeah. and just oh, I look disgusting. It was a great job. Mm. And the and the yeah. way that he's holding the kid close to it as well. And this this thing kind of look <laughs> pulsated. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh man. I, I, I gotta say actually as well, I I do like this actor. Uh, he plays Paul. He's he's a very good actor. Um, so much so that they do bring him back. Not the character, obviously, but uh, they bring the the actor back for a two parter way later on. I think it's it's I think it's fourth or fifth season. I think it's fourth. Right. I think it's fourth season. But he comes back as a, a has a pretty big character arc in a two parter, and I'm glad they do because I think he's a really good actor. He's obviously from the Vancouver talent pool, um, yeah. w- one of their better ones. You know, they uh, you, you see a lot of the same actors pop up in American shows. All these ones that are shot in Vancouver. This guy's one of them, and I think he's one of the better ones uh, that, mm. that tends to pop up in things. So, okay, um, yeah. So yeah, the dude gets shot basically, and mm-hmm. Mulder goes to Skinner. Tells him the story, says that people have a right to know. Skinner says, drop it. Mulder wants to know whose side he's on. So, Skinner, just whose side are you on? Uh, the, it turns out that the inmate who received the parcel has the same name as the doctor who died in Guatemala, uh, which is basically the pharmaceutical company's way out. It's there. So even if the evidence got found, even if mm. that letter was made public, they they have a simple case of the letter being sent to the wrong address, or you know, to, to the wrong person, um, just as a as a clerical error, basically. So yeah, you know, we thought we were sending this to Costa Rica. We actually sent it to a secure prison. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, that's that, that's it. Uh, Skinner gives a, a threat as a friend. Mm. You know, watch your back. <laughs> um, and, and it feels as if we've back in that relationship. Yeah, I, now, I, 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 as it stands in this episode, it feels as if we've went back a little bit, reverted a little bit. You mean? Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it it does feel that way. Um, I I think. I feel like Skinner is kind of between a rock and a hard place here because. The fact that Cancer Man is hanging out in his office does show that Skinner Skinner does in some way have to answer to this guy. So 
he can't just let Mulder off the leash to do whatever he wants. Um, if he doesn't have the evidence, then he, he what's he going to go public with? You know, hmm. he, he can't go public with anything. All like Skinner is being a friend by saying Mulder, you have to drop it. Because if you go public with this, all you're doing is ruining your career, and that's probably mm. what these guys want. So, drop it, let it go. The next one will come along. Um, and 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 with Skinner as well, it's like, and I think what he meant, but I, I can't remember the line. There was there was a line that he kind of dropped in with this that kind of was it. Uh, it was something like, "You're, I'm on the side of the line that you keep crossing," or something. Mm, yeah. So he, so what he's basically saying there is that look, Mulder, I, I yes, I want to be on your side, but I'm an assistant director of the FBI. I have protocol I have to follow, and once once it steps over that, once it steps outside that line, I can't help you. Simple as you're on your own. So bring me something, you know. Mm-hmm. If you can't bring me anything, then my hands are tied. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Episode's done. That's it. So, um, who wants to wrap up first, Brian? Go on, I'll let you wrap up first on this one. Um, yeah, I, I kind of enjoy this episode, mm. partially because of the pace. It doesn't really give you a chance to reflect on many things. I think there is some big holes in the stories, in the story, if you want them to be there. Um, otherwise, you can just get caught up in the pacing and the energy and some of the disgusting special effects in this episode, which are pretty good. Mm. Um, it, it, it's one of the rare episodes I've seen where they separate Mulder and Scully, but for a good reason. Yeah. Uh, and they both play to their strengths. It gives you a bad guy who is desperate and seems to have no worries about infecting other people, and he can quite off, he must be able to know what's happening that happened in the prison, that's happening to him, happened to his friend. Um, and I, I do leave this episode going, you know what, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, had, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, one of the better ones, I, I preferred it to the Calisari. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was way better than that. I, I gave it four out of five. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. I, I, this, this is one that I do revisit. If, if, I'm, if I'm going through the seasons, um, but mm. not kind of, not watching every single episode, just watching the ones that, kind of stand out for me I do always check this one out because it's just a really zippy little thriller that's the mm-hmm. way I look at it it's a chase thriller you know it's a fugitive kind of thriller um, and I like those kind of movies you know you think about The Fugitive with Harrison Ford uh, it's, it's like that kind of vibe to it mi- mixed with Outbreak if you cross The Fugitive with Outbreak it's a bit like that except The Fugitive mm-hmm. in this story is actually guilty so uh not quite like that. <laughs> but um, but you do feel sorry for this guy, despite the fact that you've seen him kill someone and at least attempt to kill someone else. You know, this, this, isn't, this isn't a nice chap, you know? No. At the very least, he deserves to be back in prison. But because of what he's going through, because of the confusion at the end, and just because of how gnarly he looks, you do. You can't help but feel sorry for him. And mm. also because he's been used. He's been used by these pharmaceutical companies. And if there's one corporation in this world that is probably hated more than governments, it's pharmaceutical companies. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I like it. I like 
Particularly, I think the strongest thing about it is the direction from Rob Bowman. I think if it, if he hadn't have directed this, I think it could have very easily been mishandled and it probably wouldn't have been as enjoyable as it was. But yeah, it's the pacing, he keeps it moving and for that it does hide a lot of sins. Uh, it ain't perfect, but it's very entertaining. So yeah, me too, I give it a four out of five. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Soft Light. I think you're really going to like this one. This, right. this, So this is the first episode, actually, to be written by none other than Vince Gilligan, who wrote Breaking Bad. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he, you know, he, he made... I don't know if he made his start in X-Files, but he certainly became prolific in the X-Files. Uh, I think that certainly helped his career, helped him with the whole Breaking Breaking Bad gig. But, um, yeah, he, he's written some of the best episodes throughout the series. Him, him and Darren Morgan are ones to watch. When their names pop up in writer's credits, then they're ones to watch. I don't know if I'd say Soft Light is one of his best, but it's certainly a good start for him in the show. Um, so it's it's about just just quick brief is that it's about someone who's well actually I don't know if that's a spoiler I oh. I can't I can't I can't remember at what point in the episode you learn it so I'm going to leave it there but it's a good one anyway so okay excellent I'm excited for that so we'll see you next week for episode twenty three of season two softly thanks for listening. You've been listening to The X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one.